In a world where freelancing is the norm and having no money is an occurrence by which you could set your watch and your heart. It's knackers and the vatch. Welcome once more to the Lenten Island of knackers, knackers, knackers and the vag, vag, vag. The Venezuela of me, known also as Helen Razor sometimes, who is drunk and whose petro dollars come in the form of contributions from over at something called Patreon. Now, for the comrade who is uninitiated, um, it's a uh, sort of a rent-seeking device in which people we call ourselves creators or entrepreneurs, um, that is, you know, art- artistic turds like me whose uh, previous trade has been made wretched by a disembedded economy, us people, you, for money because our bosses no longer pay us. So I mention the financial services of Patreon, of course, to ask you for money, blah, 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 but chiefly to explain why I am Drunk. Me am drunk. Helen and her teddy bear co-host, Knackers. We usually actually have a decent guest and Knackers' chief function is to be thrown at me when I go on and on and on, which I inevitably will in this. Anyway, so me and Knackers have been on the source um, for the afternoon and we're going to tell you a thing or two, if you don't mind. Um, And this is the fault of Patreon. Um, so, you know, when you, when you sign up, you know, it's just like, you know, like I'm going to bother doing all that ass around finance shit myself, right? Um, so you, you're encouraged to establish a fundraising goal as a creator and you've got to make some sort of pledge for action because I'm assuming it's an American site. Um, so um, I, I wrote, um, and Knackers, of course, helped me, this was my pledge to action it says, when Fancy Nancy here cops 500 of your debauched bourgeois dollars per month, she'll buy a bottle of something containing small bubbles, drink it, then record the results. Um, so, yeah, we're on then, okay? I, a human lady, have been drinking with my bear, but not champagne as was promised, I think, in the pledge, as I am shit broke. Uh, For reasons we may or may not discuss, who knows what's going to happen. It's all very exciting if you don't mind. And also, if I can say whatever I want, because this is my fucking drunk podcast, it's my, I paid the rent to SoundCloud and if I can't fucking sit down after a long day of prolonged anxiety because of imperial white feminism and just say what a fucking fancy, where fucking can I? I'm not even free to speak of my own home. Um, also, I want to say those designated by officialdom as Australian who are present on the territory referred to Australia on the date the Gregorian calendar says is the 26th of January, if you're not fucking going to an invasion day rally, well, you better have a good excuse, okay? Because, look... There is something on my mind, whether I can find it or not, is, you know, a matter for 
the historians to decide. But um, look, imperialism is a fucking terrible thing. And I mean, not just a, I'm, I'm understating it really. I mean, imperialism has formed all of the worst parts of me, possibly you. If we can't take the advice to detonate from our guest uh, last time here on Knackers, Knackers, Knackers and the Vag, 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 Tanin Onus Williams, if we can't take their advice and think about, at least imagine the possibility of starting again, of not us white folks, you know, identifying with the colonial settler attitude and all of that. If we can move beyond that, it's not utopian. It's necessary to imagine the possibility of a better future. And you can, you know, experience a little bit of it maybe at one of the uh, rallies for Invasion Day, January 26th. Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance are organising them across the nation in major cities and I recommend that you go. So does Neckers. Don't you, baby? Um, So anyway, um, yes, drunk on um, beer, um, actually beer with lemonade, which the French elect to call um, panache and people on this dry continent just call a shandy, shandy, shandy in Australia and people fucking laugh at me when I order it. Um, I, I mean, I really thought that, you know, a shandy, shandy was, um, you know, like a kind of a mocking tipple that I could give to the younger hipsters, but my efforts have failed. Uh, enough of that. The point I wanted to make, other than one about me being uh, drunk and actually, you know, drunk for work, you know, like professionally, oh, excuse me, drunk for work, um, is, um, well, you know, and apart from the one about me being broke, help me. Um, is that, you know, if you don't believe I'm drunk, you probably soon will, but I am actually a human lady of um, fairly trifling volume. Not tall, not a big girl. Um, That's not a boast, by the way. It is just a statement of fact. I am not thin privilege. Oh, fuck me. Oh, there was something in the paper the other day about uh, thin privilege, like check your thin privilege. I, you know, I've got, I've, got, I've got to say, like, I mean, it irritated me so much that I called my friend Shakira and spent the day reading uh, because that's the kind of crazy mode I'm in right now, unable to work, able to absorb a lot of little bits of information. Um, you, you know how it is, you know, you know when you're a bit off your head. The concept of privilege uh, – sort of arguably dates back um, to the 1930s African uh, black theorist, Helen, um, in in America, Dubois, uh, and he's talking about the, um, you know, white psychological wages. Privilege is actually pretty, you know, good idea in race theory, but you just don't fucking go and fucking nick somebody's scholarship, right, or somebody's activism and fucking apply it to your own fucking weeny, teeny little problem. You know, I mean, not that I'm saying that, um, you know, there's just no reason to acknowledge thin privilege, right? I mean, you're a prick, obviously, if you mean to 
people who don't conform, whatever, fuck off, everybody. It's my house. I'll pay the rent. Um, anyway, uh, so anyway, yeah, drunk. Haven't eaten all day due to uh, the nervy break D, which I've barely referred to at all. I mean, really, I'm a bit fucked up at the moment. Um, we'll get to that. Yeah. I'm going to do a moving personal story against type despite my op- opposition to them. Um, and um, I can't drink like an Australian Irish Catholic, which I am, should be able to because I get the migraines. Um, and, you know, as we say in Australia for our one international listener, I am a two-pot screamer. So there we go. Me and little Nick is the bear drunk whore. And clearly in some parlous state of mental disorder and woohoo, won't this be fun? Um, Fortunately or unfortunately, you decide. Choose your own adventure. Fuck me, did you see Bandersnatch? What a tug. Was that Charlie Brooker, Charlie Booker, whatever his name is? He seemed fair enough on the telly doing his kind of like sassy left liberal kinds of you know, p- portraits of contemporary life. Oh, you know, he's that fucking Black Mirror. What a pile of crap. Um, it's just like, you know, he's envisioning a future that is somehow only made awful by technology and not anything else. And so, you know, when I think, you know, I think me, when anything gets awful, the awful kind of precedes the accident of the technology by by you know, by some means, right? And so what I'm saying is that capitalism is not present enough to the degree I would like in his critiques. I'm calling him out and I'm saying, check your privilege, check your thin privilege, Charlie. Um, Anyway, so I do have some stuff to say and um, thank you to the kindness of comrades, patron comrades, Steve, Dave, another Dave, another Steve, Eleanor, Emma, uh, Diane, Ingrid, Charmaine, uh, and then another Dave, and your donations lifted us up where we belong to the much-awaited, completely necessary drunk podcast. Let's see how it goes. Well, you know, I actually had a hissy fit last week. Couldn't, like, I actually couldn't work. You know, have you had that where you're just sort of like paralysed and you 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 can't do any work? You just, you can't move on. You just stop still, which is okay if you're in a sort of like a, you know, permanent position. But so few of us are in these precarious times. And so the the whole toxic fucking misogyny thing ended up creating, uh, look, it just a whirlwind in my head personally, but also for socialist reasons. Um, So... You know, but so it, the Gillette ad and and thank you um to um I think it was Chris and a few people who uh, emailed me uh, Helen at badhostess.com said please write something about the Gillette ad right um and you know for me it's like the Gillette ad is not the annoyance um I mean that some people find it like for those corporate reasons right like. You, you know, corporate wokeness is, well, you know, other people have canvassed um, the thing, right? And it's like, you know, how can they uh, pretend to uh, be, uh, you know, woke TM? Uh, 
no disrespect to um, the black power movement who actually coined that term in the USA. Um, I'm using it to decry a bunch of fakery. Um, but so this hypocrisy of a large firm um, and any firm that pretends to be a responsible citizen, well, it's true, it makes me sick, right? But, um, you know, who, who cares? I mean, sure, Procter & Gamble is one of those firmed, firms named in an amnesty report quite recently for its use of child labour. Labor. Sorry, you know, the consonants are difficult when I've been drinking. Um, and child labour in Indonesia says so on the Amnesty website, forget this, the harvest of palm oil. So little kids and palm oil, that's a bit of a double dividend of no-no, isn't it? Um, but that's not the troubling thing. It's completely unsurprising that a large corporation would behave in that way and not because they're made of evil but because, you know, profit-seeking itself encourages exploitative behaviour, of, of course it does. And then it sort of requires some kind of like ideological front. So, um, I, you know, the other thing is um, if they want to take like the Me Too toxic masculinity thing to market, it, it just makes total market sense, right? I mean, just think about it. Like they're trying to stay in business. I don't approve, obviously, of business, um, uh, you know, private property, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, it just makes sense. A business wants to stay in business, so what do they do? They advertise to their white imperial, um, you know, sort of one percenter Lena Dunham type daughter, lady feminist, right? And so yeah, they're really advertising to to women and the, as they kind of have before. And it, and it gives Gillette the, you know, a, a elite college-educated edge that they've actually sought in previous campaigns. And, you know, it may have the effect of um, convincing all those bearded white millennial men that a uh, clean shave could get them some, um, by which we mean enthusiastic consent um, from the I with her, I'm with her fucking, you know, lady cheer squad. Woohoo! But, you know, so whatever, right? Um, you know, I mean, fucking Tim Cook from Apple, right, says that Apple is committed to human rights because, I don't know, they put a rainbow on their page for same-sex marriage or something, you know. I mean, shan't go into it, but, I mean, you know, Coltan, right? Go and go fucking look it up, people! Um, you know, violence is implicit. In capitalism, just is. So, and so is hypocrisy, so is putting on a nice face, what the fuck ever. The other thing, though, is that do you give a fuck about the idea of toxic masculinity, right? Um, if I, I just don't really feel that it was um, anything worth defending, you know? And, um, I mean, it's just a fucking ludicrous keyword of the week, you know, fucking some gender hygiene thing that explains, like, n nothing that I'd give a fuck about. But, um, you know, um, but it, I mean, look, even if they saw something good, right, I mean, whatever, they're a corporation, they do that. But, I mean, just back to the idea of toxic masculinity, right, um, it's not an idea worth defending. Um it's, it's just, I mean, if you think it is, I, I, I would encourage you to think it through. Like what is this idea about this sort of like residual and apparently infectious poison that exists in all men that can only be cured by talking about it and telling other men off, right? 
Um, but, you know, like whatever. So if those fucking buzzy non-concept hand shandies of liberal feminism who keep on saying, and they, they write this all the time, you know, how many women must die before we do something? You know, I mean, the only point they're making is is that of their own continued employment, right? I mean, of course I don't want fucking women to die. Of course I hate fucking violence against women. I hate it against men too. I mean, but, you know, and, and, which is not to diminish it. I mean, um, the particular violence um, that aims at, um, you, you know, femininity or a, a woman I, I mean, that has a particular char- character. I'm not denying it. I mean, I'm not denying that it goes on. I mean, for fuck's sake, no. Um, but, I mean, you know, you can't just keep saying this, right? Um, and, and you know, what? when did a corporation tell the truth in advertising? When, when was that, you know? When do we expect them to? That's the shame, right? That's the shame that anyone expects the corporation to utter their truth, right? Um, and the other thing is, like, feminist causes, white, imperial, Western feminist causes um, have an awfully long history of being awfully shit, right? And they've also got a pretty long history of being able to sell shit and actually sort of since the birth of um, public relations. And you may have heard of this dude, um, Edward Bernays, actually Sigmund Freud's nephew, went to America and uh, adapted some ideas from uh, Uncle's psychoanalysis um, but not in order to understand people better, but in order to manipulate them better. So he used some of Freud's great insights. And um, I will say, you know, if you're all like, Freud, um, because that's the way, you know, uh, the man's work is is often treated. You know, they say he was just some cock-obsessed, toxic masculine doctor. Not true. Um he was the man who gave um, the West a little bit of an insight into itself um, and particularly um, toward the beginning of the 20th century where he said we had uh, an unconscious mind and that we were driven by irrational forces. And irrational forces do, and irrational memories, do drive um, human desire and behaviour. Um, so it wasn't all about, you know, being a cock jockey and hating women. It, it really wasn't. So... Uh, in 1928, um, Freud's nephew did this in the US. So he persuaded women, um, particularly um, to those sort of Lena Dunham flapper types, uh, women itching for their suffrage, which was chiefly, uh, I mean, overwhelmingly a group of um, well-to-do women. You know, that movie, Suffragette, where it purported to fucking represent working class women. It fucking didn't. They didn't give a fuck about the working class, those bitches. And Emmeline Pankhurst is an imperialist turd. You know, I mean, she really is. It's a good, uh, good offspring, though. Um, and so, you know, so they were suffragettes or, or whatever they were called in America. And so Bernays um, convinced them to smoke during their uh, marches um, for his campaign, which he'd called the Tortures of Victory. So at the time it was actually forbidden for the ladies to smoke. So he gave the the leaders, the sort of the Lena Dunham, Hillary types of the day, the, the, the women who wanted the privilege of the most privileged men, not, not the women who saw so many socialist women said, yeah, fuck the vote, we want something better. I'm with them. Um, and so he gave them all ciggies. 
and he convinced them to hold them up in the air as though they were illuminating the progress for women, right? So it's easy in retrospect to see that this was a false light because we don't, oh, I need a beer. Excuse me. Once you start, oh, I better not part the whiskers though because, you know, that first pee, it's, um, you know, you, you just can't stop after that, can you? You know what I mean? I'm not very good at drink anyway. Um, so, yeah, what was I saying? Uh, torches of victory, right? So it's easy to see that this was, you know, sort of like false illumination. Um, but, um, you know, Bernays knew this. Um, and remember that feminism of the white imperial sort, which is the dominant sort, um, is still kind of being led this way. I'm not convinced whether they know or they don't know or they're both cynical and naive about it at once. Um, but, you know, it's interesting, right? You can read your Lindy or your Jessica or your Brinley or your Becky or your fucking Clementine, right? And, you know, if you want um, to feel inspired by strong women saying um, things, uh, go for it. I, I will say that mostly they do rage and anger quite well. Big fan of rage and anger. Um, but unfortunately, it's sort of the only thing they've got going, right? They're like the sort of like the sassy rage squad for Empire. They're, you know, whitewashing themselves really, even if they don't know they are. Um, you know, and maybe they're good, you know, role models for some people or whatever. Um, but um, I, I really think of them as, as torchbearers who tend to impose a universal standard of liberation on all women just as they sort of impose a universal reprimand on all men who, who they're saying are all fucking toxic, right? Um, and, it, I mean, just from a cross-cultural sense, right, that this, it's, it's absurd. Um, it's not very transnational to say your men behave just like ours. I mean, what, what, what does that say um, other than you have the mind of a fucking 19th century imperial anthropologist? So they don't see their own standard of life, right? Because this is what we call ideology, which is, uh, how do we explain ideology? Um, um, the way one imagines they stand in relation to power, in relation to the ruling class. And so you read a lot of these feminists and really they don't have any objections to the ruling class. They, they're actually big fans of it. They love war and, you know, like if Hillary goes to war, it's awesome right? You know, like, uh, hey, cool. You're like rape um, Colonel Gaddafi to death with a bayonet, which is actually what happened, but she's just doing what the men are. Um, so it's just this perverse kind of like liberal equality. Um, my privilege is your privilege and, you know, whatever. And these girls, they might, um, and boys, you know, um, they might use correct language and they might praise diversity and stuff. And hey, they love a selfie with a diverse figure, don't they? Um, but what they don't do is question the terms, you know, of the society, of the social conditions um, that benefit them, right, or believe that they can. Like I'm not saying that like I haven't or don't benefit from, you know, the state or, or the market. I mean, of course I do, but, you know, 
We're not on friendly terms. I don't give it a big fucking hug. Um, I mean, so like something like wealth disparity or racism is something that they might mention, but they don't investigate it any more say than they that they and we're getting to the personal moving stuff. That they they investigate the the cause and the solution for you know violence against um, a, a female person, right? So they say or a woman. They, so you know when, when it comes to violence or anything, right? It's a problem of individuals or it's a problem of one gender. Like somehow all men have the same amount um, or the same complicity in this big misogyny, toxic pile, whatever, right? And when, you know, your feminist says masculinity, what they really mean is men. They are not defining like the social, um, you know, formation of gender and and men. Um, it's not It's not up to the minute fucking clever gender theory here, right? It's a bunch of fucking white imperial uh identified ladies um they may not all be white um they mostly are um and um you know it's not careful analysis it's not borrowed from academia in fact which is a shame because you know there's quite a feminist academic tradition um but it's also you know it's very anti-intellectual right um, and, uh, you know, if I've ever had any conversations with these ladies, they don't talk to me anymore, but they're like, oh, yeah, you're with your big wife, you're a wanker, which is true, of course. Excuse me, beer. I am a wanker. Who doesn't like a bit of a tug? But, um, you know, it's like it's a fucking big problem. Read a book about it, you know. If you're going to keep fucking writing your shit about toxic masculinity, do you think at some point there might be some intervention from a big book, right? I mean, silly me, I thought that journalism was about taking complex concepts, you know, having conversations with experts, reading some books and then trying to give people a a, a synopsis. You know, a little kind of like theoretical sanger that they can have at lunch. It's Australian for sandwich. But no, it's wrong to be intellectual. The only truly high authority is Hillary or whatever ruling class you like. And um, the thing, the cure, right, for everything is to raise awareness and, and educate, right? And this is the urgent work of every liberal, really. You know, we just need to reason with people or chuck them out as deplorables if they don't understand. So, um, you know, you, you try saying to a Clemmie or a Jesse or a Brinley or a Becky, whatever, fucking Dunham, right, I think you're ignoring the reality of whatever situation. Say women not having anywhere really to go when they've been bashed by their partners um, and I think maybe, you know, the idea of um, the – deep um, alienation and underemployment felt by men who have been constituted as breadwinners, um, that that may not exactly help. It doesn't excuse at all, but it may explain the acts of violence or hyperviolence in which they engage, you know. I mean, is this not worth thinking about, right? And 
you know, they would just, um, you know, say that, um, well, you know, they would just say that you're wrong, right? Um, they'll just say, how many women have to die before you stop excusing men? As if they have some fucking genie. Get that refusal to read anything. Like happy to um, absolutely steal a concept like um, toxic masculinity and repurpose it. I mean, you know, not that there's anything wrong with, you know, appropriating the work of the academy, but it was actually called, um, you know, hegemonic masculinity, which is something quite different, right? And um, it was something that was focused on on particularly, you know, hyper-violent um, groups of outcasts. I mean, you may as well call it sort of like... Um, I, I mean, hegemonic violence or whatever. Um, but it was it was talking about very particular masculinities. But they've taken this sort of 80s, 90s critique in gender theory and just, you know, said toxic, toxic, which was a very good song by Britney. I think we've covered this on earlier podcasts. Um, so, you know, you think about this shit, right? It's like how many women have to die? How many women? And it's it's populism, right? It's just populism. It's the populism of advertising and it's the populism of Donald Trump and it's the populism of fucking John Howard, you know? Like you, you get all of this nonsense about you – know, it's the populism that permits um, – the, the emotional rhetoric that permits passages of um, – of 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 law to occur that you know I mean not many people are sort of getting cranky about here in Australia but this is sort of like um further laws enabling um domestic use of of military groups to um whenever the police fancy it um metadata surveillance all that sort of thing and you know you say well if you object to this you must love pedophiles and terrorists I mean, seriously, where do you go, right? And it's just, it's not, an, I mean, it's not that it's just not an honourable or a dishonest way to argue. It's just like, fuck yes, I care about fucking violence against women. And I care so much that I demand from you a little bit more work than, oh, if you don't agree with me, you just want dead women. I mean, with your universalising fucking bullshit that led in Australia to a hundred fucking dildos writing about a dead woman in Melbourne and not even mentioning her important fucking idea. I won't go into it because it's very, very upsetting and it's probably up to uh, my my Muslim sisters to get a little bit uh, angrier about than I have any right to. But it's populism, right? If you don't agree with me, you do agree with death, right? Um, and And and, and from my experience, this, this, you know, this is just, you know, this is really just a mean, awful way to consider dissent. You know, I, I mean, I could tell you stories about these girls, but um, I'm not quite drunk enough, apparently. The old dump button they installed at me way back when and the, you know, I had um, laws hammered into my brain at a young age about um, uh, what you might call it, defamation. So I won't do that, but don't. You know, you can't fuck with these populists because um, they'll they'll fuck you back. And th- they take their work about almost nothing very, very seriously. So anyway, Gillette, right? So some company borrows um, some very white Western imperial liberal view of totally fake resistance, so who gives a fuck? 
Um, the idea that one firm is more or less hypocritical than another is is just who cares, right? So it's like when ladies talk about, um, not, you know, well-to-do ladies talk about the purchase of ethical clothing, for example. Um, so it's, you know, it's something that you might want to do if you happen to have that sort of income or wealth range. Um, but you know, if you really want ethical clothes, you better get naked because I can't imagine any supply chain that was, you know, free um, from the exploitation of human bodies and the materials of the earth, right? Because it just doesn't happen. Because profit demands profit and any business who is truly ethical won't be in business for very long, Um, which is why private property is a dumb idea, right? Um, And it's also why there won't be some fucking Al Gore market solution to save the planet from global warming. And don't tell me Obama was a good guy about it. I mean, really, they're all fucked. Um, point is, change the basis of social organisation. Change the mode of production. Yeah. Hey, telling you now. How you going, knackers? Cheers, big ears. Ooh. Anyhow. Um, back to me and my very strong feelings. Um, I just had a little bit more beer. Um, so yeah, hate Gillette, whatever. Hate the imperial feminism it flatters. That's oh my gosh, isn't having the ladies, having the imperial ladies. Hashtag me too got up themselves since all this started. Um, but you know, so what if you're if you're someone with a bit of a critical view of capitalism. Um, aka the state and the uh, partner uh, economy, it has sworn to preserve from the first days. It's not hard to see why companies just can't be ethical. We shouldn't expect them to. Um, But uh, so rather than give you a socialist lecture, as is my want, especially when a bit, you know, two sheets too, I'll try to give you my personal reasons um, for finding the whole thing so troubling. Um, and, you know, I am a bit lick it up and I'm in this weird, I don't know, thing at the moment. I'm having a little bit of a nervy break day or something. I mean, this has been ongoing for a while. I'll just sort of try to explain, right? Um, and so, you know, what happened was um, – a while ago, oh, see, look, it's so hard for a lady like me to be real about herself. Oh, dearie me, where was I? I was telling you my moving story, right? Like, like I, I have said, haven't I, that I hate kind of like, um, you, you know, like, um, the, the the personal story and 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 shit and how it stands in and how for like actual politics and you know the deal but so but my thought if you can call it that woohoo um is look I have a particular revulsion for permitting the sort of you know the firm the Gillette Corporation you know to have the voice, you know, the free speech that Citizens United guaranteed it um, because you know, this experience tallies with my real conditions of life, right? So 
Um, let's do it to it, comrades, shall we? Helen's moving, moving uh, personal story. So, you know, I have um, a bit of the mental illness, um, uh, you know, or the poor mental wellness or the suboptimal mental health or whatever the official destigmatizing deodorant is for people who are a bit gaga and just can't fucking cope, right? Um, so the, the the official diagnosis I have is post-traumatic stress disorder and um, I acquired this thing um, 20 years ago um, because I was at work and there was a bloke, I didn't know him, not that that matters at all, but, you know, just to give you my own private uh, context, I actually think it's more frightening if somebody you do know stalks you. Um, but, um, you know, he stalked and he threatened me back in the day at at work. Now, he thought we were married um, in a special place and he had some idea of a ritual um, how we, about how we would get back there. And I, look, I don't blame him, right? And I'm not actually making fun of him. Um, and I mean, you know, sure, his face keeps turning up in fucking nightmares, but um, what I blame is not him. I blame a sister of, of, of labour organisation in which any worker, and at this in this case it was me, was not viewed as essential but, you know, expendable and, in fact, actually very lucky to have the sort of job that I had, right? So if workers weren't expendable and just a sort of, a, you know, considered as a nuisance, um, you know, like we are doing a favour to you, then I wouldn't have been treated like that. And the deaths in the textile factories of Bangladesh, mostly women, um, would be a cause of such international um, outrage that something like the purchase of ethical clothing would be seen as the self-serving act of nothing consciousness raising that it is. And we'd just say, well, you know, the workers own the factory, right? Um, and if workers weren't expectable, expendable, then, you know, they wouldn't, then the, uh, then unemployment wouldn't be punished with poverty. Um, and, and, and for sure, you know, my boss back then um, would have, um, you know, not failed to say that a young man with such obvious need for care wasn't actually a joke and not as, you know, he said, um, the sort of thing that a lady like me should expect, you know, but um, a person outcast by the system or whatever you want to call it and a guy that actually had the potential to outcast me too, right? So I'm a kind of an outcast and um, I have been since 1998. I mean, I haven't held down anything resembling a proper job since then. And, you know, part of it is because what happened to me um, was, you know, and I had my part in this, my God, really, was, you know, widely publicised. You know, who wants to touch a mad bitch but um, or a mad man? I mean, any kind of mad person. They all know we're, un, you know, unproductive, right? Because it's true. You know, I'm fucking reading this shit in the fucking Guardian or something the other day about – People with mental illness need to work really hard to prove themselves and that's why I'm excellent. I mean, get fucked. No, I'm mediocre. I'm a case of toxic mediocrity, right? Like I'm just, I just can't prove that I'm excellent because I'm not. You know, I mean, I'm sure that there are some people who have mental illness who are also very gifted and highly efficient. Most of us are not, right? And anyway... Not the point. So back to my moving story, which I'm not telling you to, you know, you know, do poor little me or anything, but I'm more saying, well, this is the 
you know, the real kind of like hot poker of life that poked me in the eye and made me see something, right? So, and I, you know, so I'm sort of an outcast because I can't deal with the effects of, which are called PTSD, of being pursued by a bloke who is under the impression that he and I are married and he will apparently do anything, um, including you know, escaping um, from hospitalisation in a high dependency unit to come and see me, right? It was really fucking freaky. And, um, you know, and and the other thing I can't deal with is, or the other thing I couldn't really deal with was the, um, you know, attempts to sort of downplay the whole thing. Um, That was was difficult too. And bosses would say some awful shit. I mean, I've got this whole file of things that I sort of should probably burn, but better not. But, you know, there was one bloke and he said to me something like, why don't you fuck him? That'll send him off in a hurry. This was actually, you know, a a manager. And, I mean, I don't say that to shock you. I mean, you know, I mean, unless you have worked in nice places um, all your life, right, or, you know, you have been very lucky um, that's the sort of thing that people say, right? I mean, maybe not so much um, now um, anymore. Um, but the point is, right, um, just the way that all of this is now construed in the present, like my situation would be construed in the present as one of pure sexism. And the thing that really sort of, no, I won't go into that, but the, you know, there's been women in similar situations that I've seen in public saying, um, you know, having kind of like, because I was a bit famous at the time, sort of having the the stalker and sort of saying that this is a part of me to awareness, right? But it's actually much more than that. Um, so anyway, my story goes on, right? Forget the bawdy workplace humour, right? Didn't fucking help. Um, but the bloke came back, um, I returned to the same employer 10 years later and he actually wanted to kill me this time. Um, I didn't see him in the flesh as I had previously, but um, I did read the words that he'd left apparently all over the um, corporation's online message boards. And I spent weeks and weeks on the phone, like just trying to convince various, you know, webmasters to remove these threats and whatnot. And it was, you know, it was like, oh, why should we do this? I was like, oh, you have to go through the same story. Because this is a man who blah, 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 blah. And by the way, do you really think death threats are a good thing on the (laughs) corporation website? Um, Anyway, I'd lost the gig by that time because apparently I'd never had it in the first place. Welcome to neoliberalism. Um, So the situation is that I needed to see a shrink about a bloke who wanted to murder me, Um, you know, uh, tough luck. I mean, I did explain the possibility that the man might actually harbour genuinely uh, violent urges toward me because it could have been me that he blamed for his institutionalisation that had occurred 10 years earlier. I mean, I'm not too familiar with his patterns or whatever, but, you know, not a weird, uh, oh, right, so I was the one who did a restraining order and I was the one who got him in hospital and, you know, blah, 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 maybe he's cross now. So... You know, is this a story of sexism? Well, yes, in part. You know, is this a story that can be solved by Me Too and us all sharing stories and letting go of toxic masculinity? Well, no. 
it's a story of workplace injury. It's a story of inadequate approaches to mental health, including this bloke's, right, and especially this bloke's. Um, it's a story about social conditions that court and create poor mental health conditions. And it's the story of neoliberalism's approach to workers in the West as, you know, I mean, and they've never been good for, in the global south, have they, where, you know, colonisation continues under the name of fucking globalisation, like that's a thing to celebrate. Fuck me. Stop using the word global like it's fun, you dicks. So it is a story about sexism and it is something that is addressed by Me Too but only a tiny part of it, right? So you could take all the sexism out of the story and it would still be the same old shit. And you could say Me Too, Me Too, until you're as blue in the face as Hillary's pantsuit, right? And, um, you know, boys will, you know, still be sent to the shadow lands to live with the mental distress produced um, by empire and women would still face the same unsafe conditions at work and so would men and violence would still have its place. This is the violence of the employer um, or the, you know, I, I, against the employee um, of the machines of um, profit, whether they're state or private, um, against the workers, right? Like so few people benefit, a lot of people get fucking hurt. And so... Like I absolutely concede that my experience is not the worst, right? I know, you know, believe me, that 20 years and that's what I'm talking about, I mean, although they were refreshed 10 years ago, um, seems a bit too long for PTSD symptoms to continue. Um, and it's absolutely not as though I, that I, you know, I went to war and um, – in terms that I would say, you know, the bloke didn't assault me. I think they probably would say that today because he touched me and stuff. But um, yeah. But anyway, it's look. The whole thing made me, I don't know, strangely vulnerable to the idea of suffering. Right? Like, I'm not saying I'm a good person. I'm clearly not. I'm drunk. Um, but what happens is I get a sniff of the pain. Um, that is produced or can be produced in, in similar or analogous conditions. And um, I go funny, you know, I become inert with like not being able to actually do anything. Um, or sometimes I do stuff as well. But when I really get paralyzed is, and when I have really got paralyzed the worst, and when the PTSD started really buzzing again, which was about when the me too hive mind formed right and I absolutely do understand that it feels like liberation to tell a story of abuse um and you know I told people about my pain you know a goodness knows at the time um and I did it sort of with the conviction that people would hear it and change their ways you know I even went to the company's insurer the second time it happened and you know said that they really needed to you know address their corporate policy on on safety and they needed to shift it and that threats of this type um, and assaults of this type or any other you know any assault to the health of workers must be minimized well you know hey what they said was that I wasn't a worker on the second occasion and it turns out that you can't fight City Hall. So, you know, neoliberal empire, neoliberal processes, um, neoliberalism, you know, the order um, established around um, 1975 to 80 
um, by the US who had established international uh, supremacy after the Second World War, uh, which in turn had been enabled by the colonial settler beliefs on which this lie of imperialism is based. Anyway, long story short, me too, fucking turned me a bit funny. And I have got some friends um, who I can talk to openly about this sort of shit and I know it turned them funny too, right? Um, it was like, you know, triggering.com, right? Um, and I, I, I mean part of it is just like I do not want to read a year of unavoidable headlines about abuse. Um, it brings all my unwelcome memories back and the idea that, you know, just because the memory is there it needs to be dealt with. No, you know, it fucking doesn't, right? I mean I was doing okay with my cognitive behaviour therapy. and But the other thing is that, you know, what it, what it does is it can make you, if you are a person like me with a certain perspective who believes that, you know, it's like, okay, so it's not just sexism here. It's not just men pull your socks up and stop being so toxic. Um, it's like a sense where, you know, you perceive that there are many problems um, inherent in, you know, many intersecting systems, if you like, and they're all being explained to simply. Um, and not only that, um, but the solution itself is fucking gobsmackingly underdone, right? Um, but it purports to be a solution. And, you know, everybody's kind of like lady jizzing all over the place about how me too, our time has come, something's broken. Um, and for me, it feels like empire feminism just sort of, you know, making the empire look new. So I tried to break it down, right? So what do um, – pardon. So what does – oh, Helen. What does Me Too sort of propose and what does this sort of idea of toxic masculinity propose? Okay, so men universally, no matter their class, race, culture, whatever, are the agents of or apologists for violence. Men commit or excuse other male violence like equally, like they have some kind of male democracy because they, for what reason, they don't respect women. Okay, so and then we go on to um, what is the cure for violence against women. It is respect, right, which is weird to me, right, because do you hit somebody because you don't respect them? Um, you know, you could look at it almost as though it was a sort of a surfeit of respect, right? Like I fear you. Um, I acknowledge your authority. It troubles me. I mean, you know, it's like I don't hit – this is not a boast. It is just a statement of fact. Um, I am a small blind lady, legally blind, um, and hitting is not a thing that I do. No one taught me. Um but when I am violent um, toward others, um, usually it occurs, or, you know, when I give somebody some lip, right, usually it occurs because I acknowledge their power, which is not exactly the same as I respect them, but it's certainly not a lack of respect, right? Um, and anyway, so how do women achieve the respect of men? Role models, publicly pointing out the lack of respect they have, becoming US president, blah, 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 blah. 
um, more strong role models in media. Yeah, because, you know, that's how we live our life, right? You know, I learn everything about, you know, my fucking attitudes from media. Like I was not turned into the person that I am because my life got turned upside down, as many people's lives do all the time, right? I mean, fucking, you know, some of you fucking sweeties email me and tell me how shit your lives are, but you tell me in a kind of a, you know, like a broader context, which I kind of love. You know, it's um, it's like these are the times and this is my experience of it, right? And it's so great that you can do that. I mean, I think it's actually psychologically quite good too, you know, if you can get past the point where you're like, I'm just shit out of luck. But it's like, hey, this is what the system is doing to me. This is how the system has devoured me and, you know, shat me out of its, you know, like Brazilian wax back end. It's a, it's a little bit better, right? But um, anyway, what was I talking about? So anyway, like, so back to sort of the, the Me Too toxic masculinity era that we're now into fucking month. I don't know, 18 of or whatever, right? I mean, there's some very questionable practices. First, I felt, and I'm, I'm so not saying that I'm a good person, right? Because I'm not drunk. Um, sorry, Neckers. Neckers is saying I've been going on for a bit long. We'll, we'll try to cut it short. Okay. Well, okay, but I did not like the celebrity or the official endorsement um, by some women that other women should speak out, right? And without considering the psychological or financial costs that this might um, exact on the everyday povo, right? You know, hey, you can call you can call it out just like me, Alyssa Milano. No, I can't, right? Um, because my company has a social media policy, right? You know, um, and so that was that was a problem. Um, and that, you know, such declarations, I mean, there are some people who are free to make those or who are in the business of making those or, or whatever, but, you know, it's not for everyone, right? Um, I mean, can even fuck up your in medical insurance, right? I mean, there's a whole lot of reasons that you shouldn't do it in public, a whole lot of reasons that you should, fine, go for it, but, you know, this emotional plea, this idea that you can disclose publicly, like one of the worst things that ever happened to you for the first time in fucking public, maybe not such great fucking advice, right? Fucking, you know, the rape reveal, like life is a fucking reality show. The other thing um, was the idea that, you know, violence occurs on a spectrum, right? And... Um, so anyhow, so we see a very brutalizing physical act um, against a woman as the end point of, you know, you, you hearing a mean or, or slightly sexist thing at work, right? which is very questionable, this whole spectrum shit. So anyway, whatever, right? Um, you know, like the whole Malcolm Turnbull kind of like, not every act of disrespect ends in a woman's death, but that's how every woman's death starts. And all this, you know, counting dead women and stuff. I mean, it's just, I feel ethically very uneasy about the use of death, you know, like just in a, just in a personal way, right? Like, I mean, it's, it's so profoundly unethical to talk just about, and in, look, in Australia, frankly, we're talking about a very small number of deaths. I'm not saying that every one of those homicides in Australia should not have occurred. You know, the 240 homicides on average that occur in Australia each year, 
Mm, let's compare them to oh, what does the city of De- Detroit usually boast annually? 600 um, homicides. So it's actually not many, but I, I do find that in such a small nation, and there has been recent trouble about the, you know, the, the memorialization of a, a, a woman that was co-opted by imperial media and co-opted by white feminists maybe shouldn't have been, right? And so you, what you do is you can, by saying that this corpse is in your service, and sometimes, and this happens all the time in, in AU, and I know that it happens in the United States too, you grab a woman's corpse and you use it for your cause and I just find it in a very basic kind of like politeness ritual human way offensive um, because you don't know whether this person was um, Jewish or Hindu or Islamic or Catholic. I mean, what are their, you know, family thinking? What are their burial rites? What were their last wishes do you want to describe? I mean, if I came to a horrible end, I don't think that I'd want it reported. I certainly wouldn't want it reported by Clementine Ford to, you know, make the fucking, who's an Australian, you know, imperial pop feminist here who loves the idea of toxic masculinity, to make her point that, you know, how many women have to die before you believe that I have the answers? Well, love, I don't believe you have the fucking answers. Because your answers are imperial. They do not exist in the real material world. And, yes, one tool is awareness raising and I'm sure it works very well on children from good homes, but it doesn't work on the rest of us. The rest of us are occasionally smacked in the eye with a fucking reality of survival that changes our mind. That is nothing, nothing compared to advertisements. And why do you think, you know, all you woke feminist fuckboys who are currently defending, uh, I'm a man who objects to the Gillette campaign for toxic masculinity is clearly a rapist. You know what? I am a fucking feminist and I fucking object to a fucking corporation telling me what to fucking do. And if you can't see that there are those of us who, for whatever reasons, whether we're toxic or not, right, do not like the idea of a corporation selling our morality. If you cannot see that and if your only context is, you know, how much clit-licking you wish to do of Lena Dunham, well, I'm sorry, mate, you can get fucked. But before you do that, read a bit of Marx. Um, I think that... um, perhaps that it's time for Nana to go. What do you think? Knackers, my little bear, um, uh, uh, gender fluid bear, um, tells me so. Um, You know, let's say goodbye. This was my drunk podcast. I won't do it again. Um, I will say that the imperial feminism of the West doesn't resist a thing but inconvenience to ruling class women. Um, and I will say that calling out the problem is like, you know, as though we're at all sort of like private school debate club, um, just, you know, is, it's nothing compared to the real conditions that people confront. Um, and you know, the whole idea of a quick fix 
cleanse, like toxic masculinity. Uh, here's my proposal, right? If one of you is to knock together a gender hygiene diet for the health of toxic men, there are people in the press fucking stupid enough uh, to give it favourable review. And there are people stupid enough to buy it too or delude it, ideological. I, I, as I may have said before, people are not stupid. I, I genuinely believe this, but they, they are sort of – made stupid kind of coerced into stupidity um anyway but i mean like not all of them can believe this shit though can they they can't just all believe that all men have equal responsibility and equal amounts of toxins in them um and i i just feel that liberalism and and you know imperial feminists liberal feminists usually white i'm which is my drunk focus um they just get com committed to such a narrow universal idea of raising awareness and reaching every person, you know, as though every person in the world is in any kind of position to be reached. And, I mean, do you even need to say it? Of course I fucking oppose violence against women and, and, and of course, women shouldn't be attacked and, of course, men shouldn't be brutalised and, 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 you know, I mean, could we think for a minute that maybe the 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 necessary the, the the violence the alienation that is necessary for capitalism um until that gets erased from the society right um you know and I mean, the justifications for violence everywhere you should cop it at work, you have to cop it at work, right I mean, you know no amount of me too is going to stop you from copying what you need to cop when you don't have any rights as a worker. I mean, w work is violent. Labor is violent. And I mean, you know, protect and, and mourn every death, right? Um, or untimely death, one produced by an individual or one produced by unsafe work practice, one produced by Hillary Clinton. And and there were a lot, you know, love to bomb the brown people, that one. And just instead of some, you know, just buying some, I mean, I'm not even addressing these women. They're doing very well and they're not going to stop doing what they're doing, right? But please don't believe like some big dumb theory of the week, right, about violence being toxic and men being violent toxic and and just try to think of, things you know as or just entertain the possibility of things being integrated into the way we run our societies right and and just think about you know we could get our heads out of our hegemonic bums just for once and you know and help these imperial journalists to check their privilege like they're always telling us to do um and you know what they do in their idiot columns, please? I don't know. I mean, don't fucking listen to me. Just have a think about what makes the most sense, not the most immediate sense, but the most satisfying sense to you, right? And think about how it's populism, right? And, and, and think about the idea of being committed to a plan of cleansing a gender. You know, but basically we're telling a gender that it's not conforming. Right. I'm not down with that. Um, 
an entire agenda we're telling is uh, uh, just, hey, feel a bit wrong about that myself. Um, but, you know, anyway, sharing stories, fucking debate club, fucking ruling class bullshit. It's been long enough, hasn't it? Anyway, I'm, I'm awfully sorry. So, I mean, Nack is, is not. He did his best to um, pull baby's baba out of her mouth. I'm going to bed. This is the kind of party girl I am. Um, you know, socialism is a thing to think about. You know, you don't have to adhere to all of the tenets, but it is an interesting... Shut up, Helen! Thank you, Knackers. We advance in victory as a mass together. Uh, See you on Invasion Day and um, bye. You've been listening to Knackers and the Vag.